Welcome to the ITSM Review Podcast, news, reviews and resources for worldwide ITSM professionals. Learn more at theitsmreview.com. Welcome to the ITSM Review Podcast. My name is Martin Thompson from the ITSM Review. Uh, and on this podcast, we're delving into the topic of SIAM. So this is a, a, a preview and a, a, um, a quick chat about SIAM in preparation for an event we're holding on the 17th of November in London. Um, back in um, July, we, ha- we held a uh, SAM skills workshop, that software asset management skills workshop with the BCS. And it turned out to be a very popular format. It was basically very much workshop driven. And uh, we had a couple of presentations and then we delved in some really hands-on workshops where people were discussing issues with themselves. And um, we're repeating the format, the winning format, and um, delivering that for the topic of um, SIAM on the 17th of November. I'm very pleased to say that the event's actually booked out already and it's complete, completely fully booked up, but uh, I still like to delve into the topic of SIAM. And for that, I've got a, a few guests with me. So, um, first of all, if I come to Steve Morgan. Steve, do you want to introduce yourself? Yep. Hi, uh, it's Steve Morgan here. I'm a Director of CineAd IT. Uh, we're a specialist service management and SIAM consulting organization. Uh, I have been involved recently in a number of SIAM uh, programs, so uh, got lots to uh, lots to say on the subject, Martin. So uh, looking forward to the uh, podcast this afternoon. And just um, by means of an introduction as well, are you um, you're working with um, uh, on some specialist groups around SIAM as well? Yeah, I'm chair of the ITSMF. A special interest group for SIAM. Um, so in that uh, role I'm looking to try and bring together uh, what good practices exist uh, out in the market from both the client and the service provider community to try and pull together uh, some reliable content that others can use. Perfect, thank you. And uh, if I could come to uh, uh, Vaughan's, do you want to introduce yourself Vaughan's? Hi guys, I'm Vaughan's Murphy. I'm a, a sparkly new um, ITSM analyst for the ITSM review. Woo-hoo! Uh, total, <laughs> yay, uh, total ITL um, fangirl, uh, just a complete geek uh, about anything uh, ITSM or Star Wars um, or Disney related. So looking forward to, to finding out all about Sam. Um, and how we can explain it and, and share it with so our on, readers. On behalf of, uh, of the team and uh, our community, uh, Vaughan's has been a long-term contributor uh, on both the ITAM and the ITSM review and uh, a very warm welcome to the team and we very much look forward to working with you. So thank you. Thank you for joining us. Finally, last but by no means least, Dave Kelsey from BCS. Dave, say hello. Hi there. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. So what, what's your... Could you tell us about your um, you're keen to look at SIAM um, uh, from, from on behalf of the BCS? Could you perhaps share about a bit a bit about what you're doing in that space? Yeah, uh, so I'm on the um, I'm the service management product manager, which is a very long title, uh, but essentially means that I look after look after the um, the service management uh, professional certifications. Um, as well as other additional things like the events that, we, that we're doing together and um, you know, white papers and blogs and just trying to raise the profile um, uh, I suppose of BCS as well as you know, um, professional IT 
um, sorry, IT professionals. Um, and this Cyan piece um, came to us as a something that obviously the industry is beginning to talk about, um, and we just wanted to kind of give. Um, a, an introduction uh, to those that might not be currently aware of exactly what it is, um, but also um, you know some real skills that people could take away from it. Um, things like um, being able to talk about uh, and explain it to senior management, um, and yeah, that's that's the reason that we're you know the, the BCS and the um, and you guys are, are jointly hosting this event. So let's let's go um, back to basics here and and assume that our, our listeners and our readers, uh, whatever we call them, Vaughns, is uh, they're 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 completely new to the topic of Siam. So from my my uninitiated view is that the market has gone from let's outsource everything to one provider to there's a tr general trend, especially in Europe. I'm not so sure in the US. I, I welcome your feedback on that, but. Um, a, a trend towards let's outsource perhaps or ha get help with uh, our stacks rather than outsourcing everything and that leads to multiple uh, outsourcer or provider relationships and uh, a SIAM is a means of managing the baton between those providers that's my naive understanding of, of SIAM is that if I could come to you first Steve is that your understanding of SIAM what, what is SIAM you're not far away, um, there, uh, Martin. I think you know typically SIAMs come about because of the move away from those monolithic sourcing deals, and typically service providers would have taken on quite a large proportion of uh, what we're recognising today as the SIAM activity. So first and foremost, the service management processes, so things we're all familiar with, like incident problem change and so on, um, but also. Uh, some of the things around reporting, uh, around managing the governance uh, of, of the service delivery. Um, and when you split that up, uh, you end up with um, either lots of pockets of service management and governance reporting going on um, in lots of different service providers, which obviously is a little bit untidy. Uh, and what Siam is basically saying is, well, there's an opportunity for... Um, a specialist service integration and management group to sew all the bits together across those service towers and manage the end-to-end -end service on behalf of the, the business, the users of those services. Okay, so that sounds. Um, that's lines. Oh, that is, is that a uh, additional bureaucracy? That sounds like a. <laughs> Um, I think it's uh, part of, uh, first, first and foremost, it's, it's all about keeping the lights on for, for the services. And imagine if you had your service towers distributed amongst four or five service providers, something terrible happens in the, uh, in the infrastructure, uh, and everyone's pointing their fingers at one another, and it's, it's uncoordinated, uh, and, and you end up with you know, long times to recover, say, in, uh, typically an incident, for example. Or even worse, you, you, you got into service reporting and all you were presented with was the availability of the components in the end-to-end -end service um, rather than the user experience and, and what the users were actually seeing in terms of you know, availability, uh, response time, and so on. So I think SIAM could be perceived as bureaucracy, and certainly if it's 
poorly implemented it you know and lacks value to the business then I can you know see that accusation being quite accurate but uh, it is about sewing all those bits together and demonstrating some value to the business so what um, what would happen if or what are the uh, warning signs or what are the symptoms if people don't have cyan what 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 why are people looking at this in the first place and why do you think it's arisen I think it's arisen because of the maturity in some areas of the service provider uh, market so um, the big the big monolithic sourcing providers had service management capabilities um, and as more of the contracts became disseminated across lots of different service providers a few service providers in the industry the likes of TCS for example were quite proactive in, in recognizing there's a need there and started to make service integration uh, one of their key propositions so organizations who are looking to adopt a SIAM model have a critical choice to make at the outset which is to either build their own service management capability uh, which is what Royal Mail did for example um, or source that capability from one of the service providers in the market and there are pros and cons to to each of those approaches uh, and we've seen certainly in the UK in the public sector significant number of high-profile outsourcing of that SIAM capability. And you've mentioned uh, your practice and your businesses in the UK, but have you, can you add a global perspective for this? Is this a European uh, trend or a global trend? What do you reckon? Uh, certainly UK is most prominent at the moment, extending more rapidly across Europe as they catch up. They're a little behind in the life cycle of the big monolithic sourcing deals right you know seven to ten years ago so they're going to to come to the realization uh, a little bit slower than than the UK and in the US there's starting to be some interest now so I'm certainly getting interest from the service provider community uh, in the US looking to uh, beef up their propositions and really understand what Siam entails in more detail and um, Vaughan's, if I could come to you, um, you might not want to mention any specifics about the companies you've worked for, but I'm sure you've seen some of the symptoms of this, of, um, uh, of guilty fingers uh, uh, being pointed at different providers based on who did what. Absolutely. We all love and know uh, blame culture. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's exactly that, that, you know, you'd like to, to avoid. I think from... A, you know, from an ex-techie point of view, from an ex-end-user point of view, I think anything that gets rid of the bureaucracy, the, the, the little kind of pockets of, of service management that are probably being duplicated all over the place, um, with one sort of overarching source of, of, of governance can only be a good thing. But um, like we said earlier, it's it's important to implement it, to, to get it right, to, to do your due diligence, to, to look at your strategy, to make sure that it is implemented in the right way so it doesn't become yet another duplication, yet another layer of, of governance to, to get through. I'd agree with that, uh, Vaughan. So I think um, one of the big factors in, in the critical uh, success around the implementation of SIAM is uh, is around collaboration between the service providers and also 
the, the organization that's uh, that, that's managing the services on behalf of the business so um, I, th I, I see some of the some of the tension in Siam Siam uh, services Siam uh, uh, projects uh, coming about as a result of uh, some of the service providers not quite on the same page uh, from a collaboration perspective and managing to the words of the contract, for example, um, but focusing on KPIs and reporting rather than focusing on working as a as a collaborative business partner uh, with uh, the, uh, the the customer. That's exactly right because I think it's all very well and good to, to, to manage to, to KPIs until you actually start doing it in the real world and, and suddenly you realize that actually, hang on a second, I've got 10, 10 different suppliers because we didn't actually nail down how we're going to manage incidents or problems or changes. We've now got 10 mini change processes, 10 mini incident processes. Yeah. And I've been at the sharp end of that in a previous life, and it's uh, it's fun, <laughs> great fun. <laughs> Lots of admin and fun with Excel and copying and pasting. Yeah, particularly when the processes don't align and everyone's got objectives. Um, that's when it starts to cause issues, because if there's confusion in a service provider over how far he can go, so what decisions he can make before he needs to go up the line, uh, that's only exacerbated further when you're in a SIAM environment with multi-vendors multi uh, and an essential function that's supposed to be managing that, but then the perception becomes apparent that service providers are, are trying to bypass that. It's not actually their intent, but they don't always understand the, 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 the realms of responsibility there. Well, I know in my case, I knew that it was uh, we'd gotten it wrong when, uh, when when my boss at the time he dropped off a box of chocolates on my desk with a little post-it note saying for being so brave and <laughs> stuck. <laughs> for not crying or running from the building screaming at one point when it all came to a head. Yeah, it's uh, tempting to make your way up to the top floor sometimes, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> So, Dave, if, if I could come to you for a second, you've um, been watching the ITSM market since you've joined the BCS, and you've identified this as a as a as a as a growing topic, and and that's in, in, indicative of that is the fact that this this event's um, fully booked with a couple of weeks to go, which is a which is always a good sign. Uh, what what are you seeing in the market in terms of SIAM? Are, are you seeing much interest in this topic? Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah we are, or I am, sorry, because obviously I'm having these conversations and going to the events that other people are running and stuff like that. Um, I think there's still um, some level of confusion as to, obviously, what it is. I mean, ITIL, as we all know, is fairly well-defined, unless you ask problematic questions like, what is a service? Um, but, so, <laughs> but SIAM is, is slightly, because it's, it, it can be, you know, in my mind, it can be applied to any size or most... It can be applied to many organisations, um, and it can obviously it, it can be done in different ways. People seem to be struggling with the idea of how they can implement it best for them. There is no you know exact template or no exact guidance that can be given. You know the one size fits all approach just doesn't kind of work. Um, so the conversations I'm having with people as to why they're undertaking this type of <coughs> excuse me why they're undertaking this type of project. 
Um, it always goes back to, to what's already been mentioned: is the end-to-end, -end, um, you know, user experience, and making sure that's as, as best as possible. Um, but there's also elements of, of you know skill shifting, and you know how can they, how can organisations better utilise the, the people they have? Um, you know, with, with when they begin changing their um, operational model. Um, so things like change management and supplier management and all these type of other very um, ITIL and IT service management ways of working um, and it, it's that shift that people are having trouble or seem to be having trouble um, and need guidance as to how they can best do that. Um, so that's, you know, that, that's the reason um, why this still seems to be a very on-trend topic, I think. Um, I mean, some of the, the big news stories that we keep on seeing, um, you know, the Atos and the Metropolitan Police and stuff like that, um, most organisations aren't the size of the Metropolitan, much Metropolitan Police, um, so they probably wouldn't be using a massive integrator like Atos. Um, could you, just, so it, could it, you it, just expand on that briefly for, for people that might not have seen that? Um, I don't know the, all the details to have. I think, Steve, do you know a bit more detail about it? But, um, you know, the, the Metropolitan Police have outsourced their um, service integration to Atos. Um, yeah. I don't really know any more details than that. Yeah, so, so they're going through a massive IT transformation program in the same way as Royal Mail did a couple of years ago. So looking to let uh, various uh, service towers, so networks, infrastructure, uh, and so on to, to multiple vendors and, and they've taken the decision to uh, to source that Siam function as well rather than build their own uh, in-house um, and Atos have just been announced as the successful bidder uh, in, in that which um, uh, I think is, uh, is is an interesting development as you've already described there Dave Metropolitan Police is an extremely complex organisation so uh, it remains to be seen uh, how they rise to that challenge so one of the things that I'm looking forward to digging into at this event is, you know, when should you look at Siam and what are the challenges, uh, you know, and what, what are the common pitfalls and so on and so forth, and discussing that as a group and actually getting feedback from the group as well that we can, we, we can share with the wider world. Uh, but just as a, an introduction to that, what, what are the common, if I'm looking, if I recognise that I should be perhaps researching Siam, when is it right for me? And what are the common things I need to look at or get started and make a difference? I'll start with that one then, if I may. Um, I think one of the common mistakes that organisations make, certainly in my experience, is uh, they start with an IT strategy and a sourcing strategy um, falls, falls out of that. Uh, and that can be a long-term thing, but cognizant of where they are within uh, their, their, their sourcing life cycle and, and when the contracts are due to expire. But one of the things that, that I notice is that often the, the capabilities that are needed within SIAM, so we've talked about service management processes, we've talked about governance, uh, we've talked about the, the, the reporting and the business and service focus, those sorts of things are, uh, are, are ignored. Um, I recently worked with a uh, with a large national retailer who was quite some way into uh, multi-sourcing, so going to the market and sourcing their towers. Um, uh, and I was uh, involved in a conversation with them where they had to admit that they hadn't given any consideration at all to where the service management, SIAM capability 
uh, would come from. Uh, and they're all then having to play catch up uh, to, to try and source that capability or build it in-house, um, by which time the lack of clarity that they're able to give during the sourcing uh, contract, or the sourcing program rather, uh, was starting to cause issues with the prospective bidders uh, for that because they, if you can't articulate what your operating model is going to look like, it's very hard to bid against it. So I think there's a whole issue around timing so how, how did you how did you highlight that to them? Was it obvious to them what was missing, or did you have to spell it out? What, what, how did you I, go about? I that? had to spell it out. I had to ask the question about where service integration was going to take place, and their answer to that was that it was it was going to occur within each of the service towers. And only when they articulated that answer did they realise the, the 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 sort of fatal mistake that they'd made there. In that you can only have one integrator. You can't. You can't uh, uh, disseminate responsibility for integrating the various parts of the service to multiple people because uh, it's a it's a bit of a uh, uh, of an oxymoron, isn't it? I guess <laughs> a big sticky mess as well. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. Is that a technical term, Martin? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Let's try and get that into the next version of Idle. <laughs> big sticky mess. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm definitely uh, campaigning. I'm campaigning with you, Vaughan, for uh, for the introduction of blame management as a as an ITL process. <laughs> I think uh, I think that could be uh, that could have some uh, certainly have some legs. There was um, Stuart Rance was talking about that uh, recently at the uh, the ITSMF Ireland uh, conference, and. Uh, I just I love this particular quote from him. He said that he got round that he kind of established a, a shift in culture at the place he was working at the time by, in his words, ostentatiously crowing about my own failures. <laughs> Which is a great quote. It is a great quote, and he was just his presentation was great, um, and the way that he affected that culture change was was fab. It's interesting that you should you should mention the the culture change piece there though because for me that is another factor that's often overlooked in the SIAM program. People think that they can take the actual books, document the service management processes, do some process flows and some races, and build and it'll all be grand. And it'll all be grand, you know. And the and, and the magic formula um, inc includes the the big imponderable, which is you know, the unpredictable nature of people and how they work with one another. Um, and I think and that's that... that's the thing. If you don't take that into account, I guarantee you, about six months' time, you'll be sat there kind of rocking backwards and forwards, wanting to sprink, sprinkle vodka on your cornflakes <laughs> to kind of get through the day. Yeah, and I, you know, I think that, that cultural change, behavioural change, not only in the organisation that is buying the sourced services from the service providers, but across the whole... What I would call the ecosystem. So, you know, every every service provider, um, it, they need to be working under a common set of goals. Um, and I I really like what Catherine Duran's done at uh, at Royal Mail by um, introducing a kind of one team, uh, one common vision, one common mission uh, for the entire ecosystem, which kind of enables enables the service providers to work more collaboratively because they feel that they've got the kind of mandate to do so from the customer which you, I guess sounds quite strange but you know unless you explicitly state that that's the way you want them to work it doesn't always work out like that and you have to do that at the point of the 
almost the point of the signature with the tower or mm. have, you, have you typically seen that done afterwards or how, how does that work? I think it's pretty hard to retrofit. Um, certainly at Royal Mail we were talking about the collaborative nature of the contracts uh, at, at the time of the, 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 uh, the service providers bidding um, for, for it because they needed to understand the, the cultural uh, expectations that were going to be placed upon them. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I think it's pretty hard to, to retrofit. Uh, I've never seen I've never seen that done, um, and I would imagine there'd probably be some uh, some some cries of uh, of foul from the uh, from the service provider community because often it can result in or, or, or bring the need for uh, increased resources on the service provider side, which obviously they won't have factored into their cost models. And now the topic of this uh, event that we've come, got coming up on the 17th is around SIAM skills in particular mm. and almost assessing what organisations need in terms of SIAM and, and, and um, making people aware of the topic. Um, what is it, I mean, it's, from what you've said so far, it's, it's good old organisational change in terms of skills, um, but what, what skills in particular do people need for SIAM? Uh, it's almost like a mediator role, I guess. It, it is. It, it's a it's a very strong commercial focus um, as well. So, in a, in a, in addition to the the ability to run and operate service management processes at a very high degree of complexity, which is what Siam dictates, um, because obviously you've got multiple service providers. But in addition to that, um, the, the, there's the whole commercial uh, aspect of it in terms of ensuring that you've got the right commercial backdrop that enables your service providers to to, to operate in, in the right way uh, and, and freely um, and then the supplier management capabilities as well um, to to understand where the service providers want to take their services and, and to ensure that there's an environment for uh, continual improvement to occur uh, and also an environment where they don't feel persecuted when a particular target has been breached, that it's done in a, you know, in a positive way with an eye on improvement rather than um, beating them around the head with the contract, which is where some organisations who have just emerged from those large monolithic sourcing deals will, will find themselves culturally uh, very much a, a blame culture, as we keep coming back to on, the, uh, on this call. So, so Dave, you I know that you at BCS are investigating what's happening with Siam and the the skill requirement. Are you able to give a quick synopsis in terms of what's available in the market at the moment if people are interested in Siam? Is there much going on? Um, well, as far as I can tell, there's nothing specifically dedicated to Siam. Uh, there are a number of products, and um, you know, <laughs> the BCS does uh, provide a number of professional certifications. Um, you know, with the areas as bolt on to service management, things like change and supplier and problem and this type of stuff. Um, the name escapes me, but there is a um, very specific organization that deals with supplier, um, supply chain management. I think it might be um, CPS, I think it might be. Um, and that's dedicated more to uh, the contractual elements that need to be, uh, need to be involved with. Um, 
supply chain management as opposed to necessarily service integration management, which is primarily focused at the IT side of things. Um, so those qualifications and certifications and training are more geared towards um, those involved in um, supply chain management and finance. Um, with a heavy emphasis, as Steve mentioned, on contractual obligations and being able to understand the intricacies of that. Um, SIAM, I still feel, is a, is a relatively um, new area. Um, so for someone to come out with a professional certification based specifically on that, um, it's relatively um, early um, for those organizations to be able to do that. Um, Axelos. I agree. Axelos. Well, uh, sorry, Dave. Uh, it's uh, it's way too early, I think, to to be thinking about professional certifications when we don't have the principles of a framework uh, documented uh, at the moment, do we? So, you know, unless unless we have something which you know everyone in the industry can hang their hat on, uh, I think it's it's too early to then be talking about uh, the the certification side. But I think there are some apparent skills gaps that. Yeah, I think it'd be interesting to get your thoughts on whether a framework will ever be agreed on, based on the fact that it is um, so you know so different for so many organisations as they adopt this, you know, large and small. Um, but you know, the inherent ability for someone to understand the contractual obligations of you know, with regards to legislation and the other bolt-ons to service management, you know, the, the, sorry, bolt-ons is the wrong word, but the other elements of service management, like supplier management and, and change management, um, those are still fundamental, uh, as far as I can see. But yeah. would you, you think a framework will ever be agreed? I think with the, the, the work that uh, I'm doing on the ITSMF uh, special interest group, um, there's certainly a, a, an appetite among the, the customer organizations and the service providers there to at least agree on some standard terminology. Um, there's already been some good work done and published by uh, people like Forrester uh, and more recently uh, the, uh, the publishers of COBIT, uh, ISACA, uh, on, uh, on SIAM and, and building uh, a SIAM capability and the various models that, that could be used to do that. Um, so I think that the there, there's some collateral out there, um, and I think over time, we as an industry will we'll settle on some common terminology and some common approaches, but I think it's going to take uh, a few more uh, implementations, uh, a bit more experience of people really getting their, uh, their hands dirty uh, with Cyan before we can really begin to, to settle on some of those terms. So. Uh, I'm trying really hard with the ITSMF work not to get too carried away and at least try and come up with some standard uh, terminology uh, rather than kind of rewriting ITIL, uh, which um, you know would not be uh, would, would not be a wise move. Well, some might argue against that, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's more more case of time than need. <laughs> So have the, um, what, just a, a final question as we wrap up things on this uh, podcast on SIAM. Um, you, we've, we've spoken about some of the service providers in the market and some of the key people providing um, towers to people, for want of a better word. Um, presumably there's, there's a growing customer demand for service providers to be SIAM ready. Um, 
are they catching up? Are they actually adapting to the market? Are they listening to the demand for Siam? I think I think some are, um, and some aren't. Um, so we've we've seen some some fairly high profile news stories about people like HCL and TCS uh, investing heavily in Siam, uh, and alongside that, people like HP uh, looking at uh, the Open Group's IT for IT. Uh, uh, documentation that they've recently produced and how that works with with Siam. So I think some organisations are uh, are on the front foot and want to position themselves as Siam providers. Um, others uh, are looking to more position themselves as we will work in a Siam uh, a Siam ecosystem, but we're not going to deliver you Siam services. We'll work with an integrator. We don't want to be one. Um, and and others. Uh, it seems seem to be burying their head in the sand a little bit, um, and, and I've been working with uh, a couple of service providers quite recently on on helping them understand their uh, their, their kind of go to market uh, proposition uh, around around Siam and to build their operating models to to help deliver that capability. Uh, so those, uh, I think it's a mixed bag at the moment. And for those that are not aware of of the of Charles. Uh, Betsy's um, work around the open group and IT for IT. Uh, is it IT for IT? Is that what it's called? That that's what it's called. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, um, Charlie Betts. It's a terrible uh, name. Uh, what, 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 <laughs> could you give a, 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 an introduction and a synopsis of what that is and, and where that fits in with Cyan? Yeah, it has to be very brief because uh, I'm I'm still learning about that as well. In fact, I've got the uh, the, the the recent uh, pocket guide that's been published on that on my desk in front of me as we speak. Um, so, you know, as I as I understand it, IT for IT, um, which uh, in my opinion is it's not the best name in the world, but it's it's offering more of a value chain uh, approach to the delivery of IT services. So, taking some of the work that was done around service lifecycle, for example, in ITL v3, uh, and bringing that up to date and making it a little bit more um, accessible, a little bit more professional. Um, and I think it lends itself more readily to Cyan uh, than, um, than, than ITL does, arguably. But that's probably a conversation for another podcast at another time. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. What about you, Vaughan's any, any final comments? Are you seeing much uh, interest in Siam in the market or, or, uh, or um, uh, evidence of organisations looking at this? I think it's definitely become more of a talking point in the last uh, last couple of years. I know the ITSMF in Ireland, uh, the ITSMF UK, they're both um, putting together events um, focusing on Siam um, in the next few months. So... Um, Absolutely, I think in, uh, interest is, is, is gaining, uh, so it's going to be an interesting next few months. Any other comments that you guys want to add to this before we wrap things up? Uh, a final one from, from me. Um, I'm never short of an opinion, uh, and every now and again I commit some of that stuff to paper and, and put it up on the website. There's a, there's a few blog articles at uh, cineaditsolutions.co.uk. Uh, S Y N I A D. Um, feel free to, uh, to to go on to, on there and uh, and download some of the uh, the rambling thoughts of a uh, of a Siam madman. <laughs> Thank you. 
And stay posted to the BCS website and the ITSM review. We're looking forward to digging into Siam in more detail on the 17th of November. And uh, we'll share as much research as we can around that about what the, the uh, industry is looking at and what the key concerns are. Um, I'm not sure what the, expect, the time expectation for that is, Dave. Yeah, we soon after. Um, yeah, soon after the event. As soon as we can possibly get out some stuff up there, we'll get some stuff up there. So. Yeah, great. Okay. Well, in the meantime, um, thank you for listening, and thank you very much to Vaughan, to Steve, and to, to Dave. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Thanks all.